0: Welcome to Change Now. Yes, because we need to change now. Now is when your impact story starts. Listen, get inspired by visionary changemakers, and be part of the change. In our last episode, we explored how to change the narrative around carbon. Carbon being the foundation of life and everything that is alive being composed of it. In today's episode, let's take a closer look and discover how farmers across Europe are working to minimize their impact and maximize their use of carbon, with Caroline Frey, partnership manager at Agoterra.
1: My name is Caroline. I'm head of partnerships at Terra Terre by Agoterra, which goes by the name of Terra And uh, the idea behind Terra Terre is basically, there's two observations that we made. Um, the first observation is there's a crucial need uh, to change the way we do agriculture. And the second observation is there are companies out there who want to contribute to that change, um, but you know, they don't have a lot of alternatives when it comes to funding local, transparent, and tangible projects. So that's why we come up with Terra and the idea is to, and our mission is to accelerate uh, the transition towards regenerative agriculture thanks to carbon finance and the engagement of uh, companies that engage in serious uh, climate strategies.
0: So you connect companies exactly. with projects with farmers. of regenerative agriculture with farmers. Absolutely,
1: you have on one side farmers mm-hmm. that engage in a five-year project with a target. So it's not just, you know, here are some practices, here are some techniques, we'll come back in five years and see how you've done. There's an actual follow-up, there's a target in terms of removal, so we store carbon in soils, but also reduction. Right? When you look at uh, the carbon emissions in agriculture, there's not only CO2, there's methane, there's nitrous oxide, you know, there's a bunch of things that need to be done. So those farmers are, you know, quite, um, are the protagonists, right? They take that risk to go into a five-year project. And on the other side, you have the companies um, that fund these projects. And they bring financial support, financial incentive for farmers to change, but they also bring uh, the technical support that these farmers need uh, to, to do that transition.
0: And is that financial support in the form of carbon credits or is it... Absolutely. Yes, okay. yeah, so
1: we use the carbon... When I say carbon finance, we use carbon credits that are certified, either label carbon, which is the French uh, label, or Gold Standard, which is a more international label.
0: Okay. And Caroline, back to our narrative here yeah. and the beautiful documentary that we watched a, a bit of earlier on. How do you relate to that conversation? What, what, what did it do when, when you watched this and how does it relate to Terra
1: Yeah, so I watched the documentary a few days ago and I loved the part where there's a lady that says, you know, at the end of the day, we're the sun. Because the plants get their energy from the sun, uh, you know, the animals... Eat the plants and then we eat the animals or we eat the plants and I thought that was very poetic Uh, but I really relate with um, the fact that you know carbon is really vilified and I make the parallel with plastic because I used to work in plastics and recycling and you know it was all about plastic is super bad we need to eliminate plastic um You know, it's the use of plastics that is an issue, not the the plastic itself. You know, plastic can be good for a number of different things and medical appliances and so on. So I think it's the same thing with carbon. And going back to what Axel was saying, it's all about the balance, right? And it's all about kind of restoring that balance that we kind of messed up at some point. So I can really relate to that. That's what we're trying to do at Terra Terra. is um, carbon is its tool for farmers, right? It's super important for them to be able to grow stuff, right? Uh, So it's not the bad guy. It just needs
0: to be in the right place and in the right amount. Great. So earlier on, we talked about the decarbonization journey in the atmosphere. Um, Let's talk about agriculture and soils and maybe the food transition. Could you give us a sense of the scale of the task and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can and do what that. do we have to do in the food transition space? Yeah, so when we look at the full picture, food and
1: agriculture is basically 25% of greenhouse gas emissions today. So, you know, it's a daunting task. And within that, um, you know, a vast majority is agriculture. And when you look at the breakthrough, a breakdown. Um, within agriculture, you have uh, obviously everything that's do with cattle, uh, methane from the digestive process. You have crop production, not only carbon dioxide, but nitrous oxide that comes from fertilizers or chemical fertilizers. And then you have uh, the soil, right? So too much tilling, for example, has degraded our soils and has emitted way more carbon uh, than was intended, or at least that, that, that should. Um, so that's the picture today. So the picture is quite, I mean, it's, it's unequivocal, right? It's, there is, um, you know, the way we do agriculture, the way we do farming today does not work for us, does not work for the environment. Um, and at some point we need to, you know, uh, change the way that we do that. So um, that's what we're trying to do at Terre à Terre, is really um, look at how we can change from a conventional farming to a regenerative agriculture. And, if we would, if we, you know, uh, wanted to give a definition to regenerative agriculture, is basically a system, a set of techniques that allow us to um, mitigate climate change, you know, remove carbon, uh, store them in the soil, reduce um, carbon emissions, enhance biodiversity, improve quality of water and air but also produce food, right? At the end of the day, um, it's not only how can we do, you know, everything right for the environment is we actually need to feed humanity, right? So I think those are the set of challenges that regenerative agriculture is trying to address. Um, And there's a a study for 4000 that's been um, created by a French institute called INRAE uh, which is also pretty equivocal, and that says that it's the 44,000 study. It says that if we increase um, the amount of carbon that's stored in our soils by 0.4%, we're able to store as much as humankind emits, right? Um, I mean, it's a huge task, right? it's just 0.4%, but that means that all land should be uh, managed in, in regenerative agriculture. But so there's a solution, right?
0: Well, here we go again. We have the solution. <laughs> we know what to do. It's just a matter of doing it. Yeah. So in that regard... Why is I it ju- not happening? <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to ask that question, but, but maybe let's go and talk about the farmers because they're at the center of that. So yeah. what's happening in their lives and in their minds? What is, what is their mindset? Do they know that they have to do this and they just mm. don't know how? Do they, don't, do they not know about regenerative agriculture? What are you yeah. finding in this community? Well, I f- think first, community
1: of farmers, it can be quite heterogeneous, right? You have a small farmer in the lot area in France with you know, uh, 20 cows and you know, 20 sheep. I mean, it's not exactly the same... Uh, type of farm that, you know, you have when you have more of an intensive type of uh, production. So I think there are different kind of farmers. The farmers that we work with obviously are kind of the early adopters, if you will, or people, you know, Really looking at changing the way they do um, farming, and I visited a farm just three days ago. So I'll take that example. It's uh, um, two brothers, uh, Monsieur Dumont, um, who have 60 milking cows and 60 hectares, uh, so also growing cereals. And um, you know, it, it, they're trying to do their job right. They're very very proud of their jobs of being farmers. And I think that what struck me the most when I came there, spent three hours on the farm, is they want to do the right thing, right? They care about the animals, they care about how they do their job. They're just like everyone of us, right? We like to do a good job. I mean, so I think that's the main point and I think there are kind of three barriers that I see today in farmers not adopting those practices. The first one is financial. Some farmers do need that financial incentive to get going. They'll sometimes they also need to invest in those new techniques you know, when it's uh, cover crops or when it's, uh, you know, getting a new machine to prevent tilling, for example. Um, so tilling really degrades the soil. So when you just, you know, do less tilling, it's just better for microfauna, biodiversity, but also better for storing carbon. And so that's the first thing. The second barrier is technical. Sometimes they, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to change, but who's going to tell me what to do? You know, what if... I take on the wrong option. What if you know I use this technique, but it doesn't work for me? So they need that technical support, and that's also what we bring them. It's not only about giving you the euros and the financial incentive, it's also about giving you the techniques and what works for your farm. So it's very personalized. Uh, and the third thing I think is psychological. Imagine yourself doing the same thing for 30, 40 years, and then somebody comes and tells you you're not doing the right thing, right? Um, I don't think that's an easy task or yeah. an easy thing to, to change. And
0: who do you have to spend the most energy convincing? Is <laughs> it the farmers or is it the corporates or is it governments? Who, hmm. who is it? So everyone. Uh, yeah, a bit of
1: everyone, <laughs> I would say. Um, I would say we, for farmers, we work with cooperatives, we work with chambers of agriculture. So we work with, you know, on-ground communities that help us spread the word, and then when we work with a farmer that's kind of the leader of their communities, it's then easier to kind of spread that, um, that idea. Uh, companies and corporates, difficult. Because, and I relate back to what Axel was saying, it's all about reducing, which is the absolute priority. And, you know, uh, that, that's, I completely agree with that. But they tend to forget what IPCC says very clearly, which is if we don't remove carbon, you know, we're n- never going to reach those objectives that we set ourselves collectively. So I think it's important to do both. And sometimes the the, the contribution and the removing part just, you know, gets completely ignored and say, so we'll see that later on. But first of all, nature doesn't wait, uh, you know, it's the, 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 the albedo and kind of the... the, the what we see with, uh, it's getting warmer, and so you know, it's, it's a virtuous, uh, not virtuous, but vicious circle. It's getting warmer, so it, it releases more carbon, so it gets warmer, et cetera. And also, you know, storing carbon in soils takes some time, right? Nature doesn't change from a day to another. Rome wasn't built in three days, so we need to anticipate, right? And 2050 is tomorrow, right? So I think that's the biggest hurdle for us, is creating that sense of
0: urgency. Mm. I recommend a partnership with Axel and uh, Net Zero to yep. more carbon. We had, so we had a bit of a chat <laughs> before sure that. <laughs> I'm sure you did. And I'm curious to hear about the journey from traditional farming to regenerative farming. If I'm yep. a farmer and I decide I want to do that tomorrow, how yep. long would it take me? What, what does it take? So the first step for you
1: as a farmer is to measure your carbon footprint. Just like any other company, you need to know where you're starting from. Um, so we have a bunch of techniques to do that uh, based on the type of agriculture. So you're measuring your carbon footprint. Based on that, you know where you can go. You set yourself a target in terms of ton of CO2. So it's, you know, it's, it's a very concrete indicator of um, how well you'll be doing. Um, and then once you have that target, say a thousand ton of CO2 in five years, Then you can select the different techniques that you're going to implement throughout the years to get to that target. So it can be um, installing cover crops. So in between two crops, uh, you'll be, uh, you know, plowing another another crop, which will allow to store more carbon in the soils. And if you choose your crop correctly, it will also bring organic fertilizers. That means you reduce your chemical fertilizers, which means you also reduce the nitrous oxide. Uh, You can plant trees, you can plant hedges. That's also very beneficial for biodiversity. Um, You know, you can have a better herd management. uh, So, you know, reducing your cattle because you're taking better care of your animals. So there's a bunch of techniques that you can use. And then at the end of the five years, uh, I mean, during the five years, you obviously have support. We visit the farm every, Every year to see that everything is going right. There's always a risk that the farmer will say, "I couldn't. I wasn't able to do that, or that's too difficult for me." And you know, that's that's also we you know we work with farmers and nature, so that's uh, we have tools to mitigate that risk. And then we have an independent auditor that comes on the farm, and that verifies the reductions. And uh, the removals that's been done for five years, and then that what generates the carbon credits. So, mind you, the, the companies that work with us actually fund the projects be- before they can get carbon credits, um, which is um, you know, which is also uh, shows uh, the, 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 the the process in which they are, which is really contributing and not necessarily putting a line offsetting on their uh, you know carbon footprint.
0: So what's in store for Terra How are you going to scale? So, <laughs> money, <laughs>
1: no, no, no. Um, so we're, today we're uh, supporting 2,000 farmers throughout France while also starting to support farmers in Belgium and Germany. We're looking to expand throughout Western Europe. So the next countries will be Spain, Italy, and the UK. Um, so that's really where we're going. You know, we're trying to get as many farmers as possible in the process uh, which means that we also need to get a lot of corporates to follow us in that journey. Um, so, and that's also my job.
0: <laughs> and is that the more difficult end of the bargain? Um, yeah, I would say if I,
1: have to, I had to choose, as I told you, creating that sense of urgency and, um, you know, uh, showing that it is important to also contribute to also fund projects that remove is, um, you know, a challenge. But I think we're getting there, and I think all of the people that we work with today really, you know, they come from all kinds of different sectors. But what gathers them is that they want to fund local projects. We're all about proximity between the contributor and the farmer, and transparent projects. And we have a tool that allows them to see what's happening on the farm for the five years, okay. the span of the project.
0: And we talked a bit about carbon credits before, yes. and the fact they've been vilified, Yeah, what's your take on carbon credits? How can we change the narrative yeah. around that as well as carbon? Usually I see a bit of confusion between the
1: UTS system, which is the compulsory system from the Kyoto Protocol in 98, which is uh, basically I'm uh, a factory, I have uh, you know, a right to emit X amount of tons. If I go above, I need to buy credits from other companies. If I go below, then I can sell my carbon credits. Um, we're not in that space at all. We're on the voluntary carbon market. Um, so we also call them carbon credits, but they're more like carbon certificates, if you will. Uh, so I think there's confusion in that, and I think it also goes back to how do you use those carbon credits, right? What are, you, what are you doing with them? How do you communicate on that? In France, the, the, the claim carbon neutral is becoming forbidden to be used by companies. So that shows you a lot about, you know, it's not the carbon credit itself. It's what you do and, with it and how you communicate on it. But I think it's a great tool to steer funding towards meaningful and impactful projects.
0: Great. So we're coming to the end of this session. Um, I'm going to, again, try to uh, end on a positive note. Yeah. Are you optimistic about the future? Hopefully the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us, tell us why. Um,
1: I am optimistic. I mean, you know, it should be if I'm still in this space, otherwise just be something else, doing something else. But I am optimistic and what really gets me optimistic is, well, exactly the, the farm visits that I did, the farm visit that I did a few days ago where I could see the farmer talking with the company that has nothing to do with farming and see them exchanging on their challenges. And I think the key is you know, kind of creating that link, creating that space uh, to talk about our challenges, understanding why farmers you know, do the things that they do, how we can help them transition. So I am optimistic. I just think, as, as I said, I think we're all on the same page, is how fast can we go? You know, uh, we always talk about accelerating, acceleration. You know, I want to see that acceleration happening, and, and I hope we'll get to see that.
0: Do you feel it in the air? <laughs> I feel it you feel in it the it air. I feel <laughs> it today, come on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I can feel it in the air for sure. I see, you know, there are referentials. Label Carbone is a super good um, referential. I mean, it, it, you know, there are some things that need to be improved, but I think it helps a lot kind of uh, uh, get the, the, those, uh, those stakeholders around the issue and, and, you know, get the right frameworks uh, for us to do that. So that we we do have things that show we're in the right direction.
0: Right, so we're coming to the end of this session. Maybe you can help me with parting advice and words (laughs) for for the audience. I think I'd like to go back
1: to restoring and regenerating, because we talk a lot about carbon, but there's a bunch of other indicators that tell us about the health or the the non-health of our ecosystem, like biodiversity, Quality of our water, quality of our air, amount of of our water, you know how much water we use. And I think, you know, going back to how we can protect what we have and regenerate and restore what we've damaged, I think is uh, is the way we
0: should go. Great. On that note, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Caroline.